Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Brandy, did you open your beer? Oh, are we there's, on? Oh, <laughs> man, I said let me open my beer first. It's not a beer, it's a fucking truly. It is. Which is just, I don't even know if that's a step above a fucking white Wine cool. cooler, it's not. Fucking, it's a wine cooler. The, it's, the, it's a modern day wine cooler. It's a Karen drink. That's You're fine. such a Karen. As I'm drinking my pink my, my pink out of a co- out of a paper coffee cup. <laughs> so, all I'm saying is, I wouldn't judge if I, I were you. I don't know, man. So, if people had only heard the walk down memory lane that just happened. Fuck. That's the shit we should have recorded. I don't know. I, I think that that all still needs to be. There's <laughs> a lot. We won't we won't share it, but we. Um, well, but it. I think what I, what I think is fair to share. What I think is worthwhile sharing is. I mean, I, I've told stories, you've alluded to stories. I've alluded to stories. We, you've been aloof. I've, I've got, you've been aloof with stories. You've got stories. stories, you just can't hear them. And, <laughs> look, we, I think that we walked a fucked up path to get here. And what we were just talking about is, like, was there... It was it was what was we were supposed to go through, right? So right. between fucked up family life, drugs, alcohol, lots of bad war, decisions. I mean, bad decisions, bad decisions, hitchhiking, and sex with strangers, and just whatever, <laughs> and clubs and drugs and yes, sex, drugs, and rock and roll and whatever the fuck, right? I mean, that was you were much- really shocked to find out I hitchhiked in the Pacific Northwest. Yes, I don't know how Brandy survived hitchhiking in the Pacific Northwest. If you're a true crime. Lover, as we are, you know that all yeah. the fucking serial mm-hmm. killers come out of the Pacific yeah, so Northwest. Don't, don't Anywho, do it. Don't, don't do fucking it. do it. Hitchhiking's <laughs> bad. Don't do yeah. that. But, but I think the conclusion we came to is that that was supposed to happen. Yeah. For us to end up here, right? So that we could share our experience and we could be the coaches that we are. I mean, I hope so. Otherwise, like. You know, there's a point there's got, there is a point to everything. Right. Or I think like all of the like 100 ways I should have died and I didn't, there There has to be some math behind that. There was 100 ways I should have died, been pregnant, uh, strung out on drugs. It it doesn't make sense. In in a ditch or. Oh, I think your question to me was, do you think there was a purpose or were you just like butt lucky your whole life? And no, I don't think I was just butt lucky my whole life. There's, there's gotta be a purpose. I hope. I don't know what it is. I mean, back then, I I mean, when you're young and dumb, right? You think you're just lucky. Or you don't care. I think you're just like, "Uh, I don't think I cared. Well, you don't see the meaning in it, right? You're just like. You don't value your own life, so it's That's just like, exactly it's like right. I mean, I know I I just didn't. Care. I'm not sure I gave a fuck, and maybe mm-hmm. maybe no teenagers do. I know that might that might just be normal for every teenager. I don't fucking know, but you know, talking about wandering down like major highways at like two o'clock in the morning right. at 14 years old, right, right. in the dark um, to meet boys or whatever, just some of the dumb shit that we did. Like to me, I've always gone, man, how the fuck did I survive that? And there's got to be a reason, right? So God, higher power, whatever you want to, whatever right. you guys believe in. Oh, I didn't say stop recording. I don't know. Cancel. No, we're not stopping right. recording. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry you guys. The, the computer decided yeah. they wanted to tell us to stop recording. But anyway, so that was that was a sign. That was what was so happening. So that's what we were talking about before we got here. But that's not what we're going to talk about. No, today. No, we're going to talk about something else. So a kind of, I guess, a little bit of a 
I don't want to say this is a bummer conversation, but I think it's a reality check that we realized yesterday as we were kind of going through our roster of clients that we occasionally do together and just say like, okay, how's she doing? What's she doing? And kind of bounce ideas off each Mm -hmm. other. And we sort of realized that it would be useful to talk about the concept of what if trading and nutrition isn't the answer? And there's probably a lot of shock and awe right now on the other side of the screen as people say like, well, but, that's what you do. That's right. what you do as coaches. And isn't isn't eating better and exercising the answer to everything? And no, it's it's really you not. should still do it. You should still do it. But let, so let's clarify what we're talking about. In my mind, there's two situations where training and nutrition is not the answer to the problem, and that is there are sometimes where there's an underlying health condition that we have to deal with first or only, or exclusively, or sometimes there is a, I don't want to say a, a mental situation or... What well, there's an, I mean, I think at the same time, there could be an underlying health condition. There's an underlying mental, emotional, we can call it condition. That's probably the wrong term. But there's something else that needs to be dealt with that just... Counting macros and training right. and doing cardio is not going there's n- to right. fix. There's right? no amount of diet, of nutrition and training that's going to solve some problems. Whatever the problem is. So let's talk about the health issue first because this is one that you have a lot of experience in. It's when I'm dealing with a couple clients and we'll just give kind of a vignette of a situation where you mm-hmm. have a client. I mean, you can use, you could even use me or as you, an example. well, you're a good example. But the client is pretty similar. So you want to just give the example. Uh, and I mean, I have multiple and you have multiple who fit this same example of you have a client who's doing everything right. Who's eating right. Who's tracking, who's training, who's on the program. And there is some sort of body response that doesn't match the programming. And in these cases, often the it's body inflammation is science, right? And right? often and what we know. So it usually is a scale spike that is result is a result of inflammation. Mm-hmm. So what got us on this topic is, I think, less experienced coaches or laymen or whatever would say, "You gained weight. Let's drop your calories. Let's add more cardio." Ba 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 ba. And the problem is not that you're eating too much and not exercising enough. There's right. something else going on in the body. Right, and beyond the let's just drop calories and add more cardio, I know coaches that would just flat out be like, well, you're not fucking following the program. Right. If you did what I told you to do, this wouldn't happen. I mean, they're literally berated by their right. coaches. I mean, that unfortunately, that's not an exaggeration. Right, but... You know, you've been around the block with this a few hundred times, so you see some clear red flags off the bat that make you realize that training and nutrition is not the problem. So do you want to talk about those and from your own personal experience? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, we always have clients that, I mean, we, and, and this is where it makes a difference to really be able to know your clients, right? Mm-hmm. This is where having a personal relationship with your clients, you have to know, right? Like, there, I, we certainly have had plenty of clients in our history that we know the scales going up or walking, they're, they're walking around because they're they're just fucking around. Absolutely, like I I can just see it. I have the intuition. I'm reading my fitness pal. I'm reading the cues. Like you mm-hmm. and I both know, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we. But if you have a client, or and I can say from my own personal experience, 
that they're doing everything right. Like they're, we, we know this client is just like OCD as fuck about their macros and there's no, you know, we've been doing this for years. Like, so we, it's not something where suddenly they're just like loosely tracking. So right. the scale's going up a little bit or, you know, Oh, they went on a bender over the weekend. Right. Cause they were like, fuck it. I'm not doing this. Right. Like, cause we've all done that. Right. Look, I can have a fuck it I'm not doing this weekend and gain four pounds. We may or may not be doing that. It could be happening at this moment. But <laughs> but I, you know, I'm not going to get back home after being away for three days. And, and then I'll be at my grandparents tomorrow. Probably my grandmother, I'm sure, has made a jello cake or an angel food cake or some mm-hmm. kind of thing and make me fried pork chops. And I'm not going to wonder why I'm up five pounds when right. I get home, right? I'm just not. It's It, it just you is know. what it is. But if we have somebody that we know... Has, is meticulous about training and nutrition and suddenly everything starts to defy science right. and the weight is spiking. If we're talking about 10 pounds in a week or, yeah. you know, in a two week period even, mm-hmm. um, or just these really weird uh, scale fluctuations and looking at pictures, pictures yeah. are important because it's not just about the scale, right? If I can see inflammation in a person, you know, these are things where we really have to start. So if, if you were working with a coach that was just like, what the fuck? The scale went up eight pounds in a week. You fucking fat ass. Right. You must have, you know, you must have went on a fucking bender. Well, and there are a lot of coaches that will do that, unfortunately. Right. Um, but more experienced coaches would know. And this is what we're saying. But training and nutrition isn't the, isn't the answer here. Right. There is some underlying thing that we can't explain, right? So I can say for me personally, this was going on with me. Um, I guess it was going on four years ago because I think it was around 2016 that I was diagnosed with lupus. And and while I was not, I would not say I was, I was not meticulously tracking or or one way or the other. But I can say. I had done nothing different in years, right? Like there was, I mean, I, I was just like, since I stepped off stage, I was just like the same way kind of, I was like steady Betty, Mm -hmm. just doing whatever. And all of a sudden, like I was just gaining weight and gaining weight and gaining weight. And, and the, 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 the real, and I just, I felt horrible. Mm -hmm. I felt horrible. I knew I wasn't doing anything different. Was I meticulous about my diet? No. But I never, I, I hadn't there wasn't been, right? Like, I hadn't deviation. changed anything. I wasn't, like, all of a sudden drinking every weekend or all of a sudden eating, you know, so none of that. And the most interesting thing is not only did my weight spike, but my clothes still fit. Mm-hmm. I was a good 8 to 10 pounds heavier. They were tighter, yes. But nobody who gains 10 pounds of fat or muscle or otherwise, their clothes still right. fit. Um, so I knew something was off with my body, right? So I knew something was wrong. So while it took me probably a couple years and a like a, a thousand doctor's appointments to figure it out, that's when I found out, you know, and God, I don't know how many vials of blood. Right? Right. Like, I mean, they probably like fucking sucked all the blood out of me. Then I finally found that I had right. lupus, right? So I, I was inflamed. And so that would that would explain the the rapid weight gain mm-hmm. the, or the, you know, not being and and really so the weight would go up and there wasn't there was no matter of cutting calories and doing more right. cardio that was going to bring it down, right? In fact, in many ways, it brought it, it, and that's it a, took it back up. That's what people don't understand, right? Right? Inflammation and gaining fat are two different things. Absolutely. And it's a different look, 
right? Like, yes. and, and which is why pictures are so important to me as a coach, like, especially if somebody's in a reverse diet or, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in any phase of right. their diet, right? Like I need to be able, I work with clients who have inflammatory diseases and I can see when like, and again, it's why it's so important that like you work with a coach that is tracking things like your sleep habits, your stress right. habits, your bowel habits, your, you know, all the things because right. I can, I have a client with lupus like me. And I know, and she's a high anxiety person. And when, if something goes off and her anxiety's up, I, the weight goes, whoop, yeah. I mean, immediately. And so, and, and she is meticulous right. with her diet. So I know it's not that. So, so these are the things that I know, like, and, and somebody who wasn't tracking these things or, or at least understanding, you know, these underlying conditions would just be like, well, you're fucking off. You need right. to eat less. You need to, you know, do more. Right. Right. Um, and that's what happened with me once I, obviously, once I got my lupus under control, um, which took several years now, I mean, I'm steady Betty with my weight, like, except when I have like a, a fucking weekend, right? right? But I, I have stayed the same weight for years and years and years and years and years, unless I have a flare. When I have a flare, my weight goes through the roof. Well, and that's what I think is important to talk about is people don't understand generally that your weight should stay steady unless you're purposely trying to do something different diet or come out you know come into some sort of you could be purposely trying to gain weight because you're trying to gain muscle in which case like i know like i'll tell you like rebecca she's like her whole goal is to gain like a pound a month right right? and so she's tracking that and her macros and you know she's she's monitoring that or if we're in prep right Mm -hmm. we we should be losing a certain amount of weight you know a week or what have you but if you're in kind of like a live your life mode, like I am, right? Like my, my weight should stay kind of right. steady, right? There's no reason why I should be gaining or I'm losing. I'm within like like really gaining or losing, yeah. specifically. I mean, I'm probably typically within a pound, right? Day so to day. if something, you know, so so the point is, right? So we have we have some clients that you know check in and their weight's up ten pounds, right? I have a client too, and she is incredibly sensitive to. I mean, if her water is off even a little bit from what right. she usually normally does, so, or she does eat something different, she took a different supplement, right. and it was like her weight spiked five pounds. So let's break that down, because I'm yeah. sure you go through the same checklist I do. Yes. So something weird is happening. My first thing is, did you fuck off? Right. <laughs> right? Like, okay, what happened? So if it's, nope, I'm on track. The next thing is, all right, what changed? Did you start meds? Did you stop meds? Did you... Stop sleeping. Did something change? Nope. Yeah. That's all fine. So I have that giant spreadsheet so yep. I can look and right. see what, then what changed. Water. Are you dehydrated? Are you overhydrated? Did you fly somewhere? Did, Did you, you travel, travel somewhere? Are you not right. pooping this week because you were traveling right. across the country? GI is the other thing, right? Yep. Because I, do, I have a couple clients who will say, I gained five pounds this week. And then I find out they haven't pooped for a week. Right. Well, okay, I would have gained 25 pounds if I didn't poop for a week. Right. So that's not what I'm talking about. And then we obviously look at stress, and pain is another one to me. Yes. Pain is huge. Are you in pain and or kind of in the same vein? Did you do something, did you do some sort of hard workout? So if you come to me and say, I gained five pounds, I don't understand it. And then you tell me you went on some seven-mile run that you weren't prepared to do. Or you decided you, to David, David Goggins, the 100-mile. Yeah. Right, right. Or you're like, oh, I did. I didn't want to train for it. I, I just thought I it. would go do or the... I did a uh, CrossFit class for yeah. the first time. Or, or some, I did some sort of thing to create an inflammation scenario. But if we go through all of these 
and none of that makes sense, we have a medical problem yep. to look at. Something that is beyond training and nutrition. And as a coach, that fucking sucks because I want to solve the problem. I want right. to say, all right, well, you, you ate this or eat this or pull this or do that or give it a couple days or whatever. So it's really hard as a coach to look at all that and be like, your programming's steady, everything's right, we still have a problem that I can't solve. Right. And that's when it's time to go to the you doctor. You were bummed yesterday when we were talking about it. I was... Because it wasn't something you could fix. And, and, you know, like, it's hard because, you you know, I and I know you're the same way, it takes so much personal responsibility for what's happening to clients. Right. So it's a time for a trip to the doctor. Right. For some blood work. Because we're looking at probably one of two things. Autoimmune or a hormonal issue, because a lot mm-hmm. of the women we work with are perimenopause, menopause, mm-hmm. and that shit. And some of them, unfortunately, are in both categories. Yep. So can you talk about blood work? A little bit. So I'm not going to pretend I do like to pretend to be a doctor. I know that, nothing. That, so. This stuff, like, totally fascinates mm-hmm. me. I know enough to be dangerous. But I, but I all, but because I know enough to be dangerous, I know it's dangerous, right? right. So that is, I am not a doctor. Right. So I, I know enough, I can wave top it, and I know enough to say, you got to fucking ask your doctor about this, 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 right. this, and this. I'm not going to diagnose you. I, now, I can look at blood work, and sometimes I can read it, right? But I'm not an expert. Right. But there are things I understand about blood work. So I will have clients, I'm like, hey, ask your doctor for this kind of blood work, so I know enough to ask for this kind of blood work. Um, I also know enough that... There are a lot of Western medicine doctors are going to look at things from the average person yes, yeah. and it's going to be average. So it's fine, but we're not necessarily dealing with average population right. people. So sometimes you have to dig deeper, right? So in fact, that was my own journey, right. which is why it took me years to find out I had lupus because none of my numbers look like I had lupus, right? But yet I had all these symptoms that nobody could explain, so I must have just been nuts. In fact, doctors wanted to just put me on medication because it, I was I had anxiety, and I right. did, but that wasn't the problem. But that wasn't the problem. Right. So, so yeah, so blood work is important. So things like, um, you know, inflammatory, pa- you know, getting inflammatory panels that, that look at autoimmune diseases, mm-hmm. hormonal panels, and these are things that are tough to get your doctors yeah. to do. They're tough to get insurance to pay for sometimes. Um, so, you know, but you got to fight, but, but these are important battles to fight right. for yourself because you can't just be like, oh, well, the doctor said I'm fine. No, 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 no. Like I've been to 50 GI doctors. Right. They all said I was fine. I fixed my own fucking gut health because I did, you know, I fucking figured it out on my own, right? Because I didn't have a GI disease. There was nothing wrong with right. me. Well, once I cut out, you know, A, B, C, D, and E and the FODMAPs and I figured out what my issues were, suddenly I had no problems, Right. But I didn't, and I didn't have to go on medications, and I'm able to use that and help mm-hmm. help clients do the same. But 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 that that's these are the kinds of things where you know looking at it, it's more than just your going for a physical check your cholesterol, check your you know your uh, your CBCs and you know all of those things. And those things are important. You should do those um, every year. Um, but you have to you have to be your own advocate, right? You have to say, look. I know my body. Right. Right. This is not I am, normal. Right. This is not normal. I'm an athlete. Right. I am conditioned. I understand my body. Something else is going on. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, our medical system is not set up to 
help us with that. So we have to be our own advocates. Right. And it's tough because I've tried to send clients for blood work before and they their 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 doctors just won't do it. Right. They just they just won't do it. Right. And so a lot of times I'm like, okay, well here we go. Let's pay out of pocket for one of these like you know, there are other like but you can do or, it. Like, yeah, other tests and stuff that you can do. Yeah, there's independent, independent testings that you can do. It yeah. sucks, but yeah. sometimes it can be worth it. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, autoimmune diseases are so prevalent in our society now. I don't know why. There's a lot of working theories why, but the inflammation is a huge indicator of that. Um, so it's it's important to look at, and you know, the real important part to me is. Again, in this situation, the tendency is to say, well, then I want you to do two hours of cardio a day and drop your calories. But the problem is all of that stuff is going to create more inflammation. So not only are you not solving the problem, but now you've just added a bunch more variables and a bunch more things that are going to create even more inflammation. Right. And and I think to your point about autoimmunes being more prevalent, and I, I personally have a theory that the sport of bodybuilding um, because it has been proven that stress can. Yes. And so there stress will not create an autoimmune, but autoimmunes are typically genetic and they're, they can lay dormant and somebody may never experience the symptoms of an autoimmune disease, but a stressful situation, can um, something can trigger yeah. it, right? A, another health crisis or some kind of, yeah. and bodybuilding is stressful on the body, right? Um, For me, I believe it was a combination of... Oh, hold on. We have somebody at our door. Hold on. One moment. We'll be right back. Blood test. Yep. And now we're recording. What were we talking about, Brandy? Okay. So, we're picking back up after... um, It's been like a couple hours. Yeah. We had a visitor. We had a visitor. We chatted. Mm -hmm. We went down some more memory lane. We did. We spent a lot of time on memory lane this weekend. Those are the best weekends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of weird stories. A lot of weird stuff. Yeah, and as long as we've known each other, we're still finding out things about each other we didn't know. Right. I was like, wait, Who what? knew I spent so that? much time in swinger situations? Wait, what? <laughs> when did you end up? I was like, So wait. when I was done hitchhiking, that's when the swinger stuff started. <laughs> so once the hitchhiking ended, then I went into swinger situations. I don't... I was like, wait, what? I mean, a lot has happened. All right, so... So you think you know where we left off? I do. So what? So what we're talking about? Because I feel like you what don't ha- know what ha- happened. What, was. what happened was. So we're talking about times that training and nutrition are not the answer to your problem. Right. So one is if you're having a health situation. The second time is if you have some type of mental blocks or perspectives that have to be managed first. And by that I mean there's real. Disordered eating is a real thing. And when people talk about disordered eating, I think they mainly just go to you binge or you purge or you're an anorexic. But the flip side of that is a real thing. And if you have a disordered eating proclivity where you binge or things to that nature, that's a mental health therapy kind of problem mm-hmm. and there's no amount of times me telling you what your calories and macros and training should be that is going to fix the binge eating the binge eating concept right and that can happen for the binge eating can happen for a lot of reasons mm-hmm. um and it's been described to me before as like this extraordinary desire to be full much like 
a drug user needs a high. Yeah. It can be a high, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. An addiction. Mm-hmm. An addiction, a high, just like anything else. Mm-hmm. Food can serve that purpose. And I think I have more clients than, than I realize initially that suffer from something like that. And, it, you know, it comes to us in a difficult way because you run against this, hit your head against the wall multiple times trying to say, like, just log your food. Just here's your macros. Just don't eat out. Just right. don't like, Why is it hard? Just drink your water. Right. Just, just if it doesn't fit in your macros, just don't, don't do it. Right. But there is a... It is something else. A mental, emotional thing driving that is so much stronger right. than addiction. the ability. It, right. it, it absolutely can be. I mean, it's, it'd be like telling an alcoholic, just stop drinking. Just, just stop drinking. Or, you know... Yeah, Brandy, stop drinking on days that end in wine. Right. Just stop doing Only drugs. Only drink on special occasions. And it's not that simple, but because I think food, it, you know... Food is something everybody does. Heroin is not. Food is something everybody nope. does. No, I don't think so. Here in this hotel, I think <laughs> everybody might. might. might be a little bit of a <laughs> this different hotel sport. difference. We're in Hotel California here. Um, but I think that's another situation where training and nutrition is not your answer. First, you have to deal with the addiction or the therapy or the therapeutic issue or whatever that is. Because it can be very frustrating to spend 15 years trying to diet when the diet isn't the problem. Right. When you're not addressing the underlying problem. And as much as, just like, as much as I like to play doctor and I know enough to be dangerous, right? I like to play therapist and I know enough to be dangerous, right? Like, I can can counsel clients on a lot of things. Right. So can you, right? Like, I... And I, and I have had clients that I have been able to counsel out of binge eating, right? But, but at some point, I also have to understand that it goes, you know, it's out of my wheelhouse, right? right. Like, it becomes, it's something that is out of my wheelhouse. Just like, I can recognize there's a medical issue going on in a client, or at least right. think, there's a, think that there's something outside, you know, something medically going on. We can think there's something outside so we can recognize it enough to recommend that they get help outside of training and nutrition, right? Because right. it's not—it's not about macros and drinking your water and you know all the other concepts right. that we talk about. It, there's a flat tire that you got to fix the flat tire first, right? So, but let's talk about binge real quick because that's something. Like, I'll get a check in from a client that says, "I binged," and I immediately say. What does a binge mean to you? Uh-huh. Because I need to know, as a coach, does a binge mean you had a fuck it weekend? Or does a binge mean you actually binged? And nine times out of ten, it means you just fucked up. Right. Now, recently I had a client where I said, tell me what a binge is. And she told me, and it's a clinical binge. Right. This is a different thing for me. Right. That's outside of my wheelhouse to fix. That's a disordered eating issue that isn't shameful. But it's something that has to be addressed outside of pro- training and nutrition programming. Right. And it's, it's, it is really interesting that you brought that up because I had a client recently too. And I sent her, you know, cause she used the word binge all the time. And I was like, what you're doing is not binging. You're just, right. you're just kind of overeating, right. maybe going a little, you know, you went out to a barbecue and you, you, you got full. Right. Like that, like what you're describing to me right. is not a binge. Right. And I, and I kind of sent her the an article that kind of explained the clinical right. definition of binge. And she was like, Oh, right. Oh, 
right? So I think that 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 is an important concept to understand. Um, you know, just overeating, feeling a little full, eating the whole bag of chips just because you're like, no, mindlessly eating right. a bag of chips because I'm watching TV or whatever. That's not binging. Binging is a, there's a clinical thing to that. And it is very much a very out of control situation where you are trying to satisfy right. this emotional need. And it is, it is something, and it's like shameful and it's. It's a it, multitude of decisions. There's just so, there's so much more to binging like than my, just. My, just um, eating till you right. feel full at Thanksgiving. So like my client, when I said, tell me what binging means to you. She told me she ate about 20,000 calories, threw up and then kept eating. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's scary. And right. And she did it in an out of control way. Right. She, you know, she said she had no control or ability to stop that. Right. Like, okay, that's, that is beyond like, that is beyond you overeat. Right. Um, and that is a situation where training and nutrition isn't training and nutrition programming isn't going to fix that. Right. You know, that's a therapeutic issue that needs to be addressed, like you said. So that is one big thing to me. The word binge gets thrown around a lot. It does. And people, you know, I, I remember I've had clients who are like, Oh, I binged on like lettuce. What? what? No. Yeah. Like, did not, you eat so much lettuce that you threw up and kept eating lettuce? Thing, <laughs> yeah, right? You didn't like do it, that. You didn't do that. Binge. Let's use some operational definitions here. Right. And right. that's, that's not what binging means. And, you know, but it's also right. So that is a way for women in particular to yes. assign a term to something they've done Shameful. that will let them beat themselves up over something they've done. It's a way to assign shame. Over- yes. Eat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fine. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a way to shame yourself, right. make yourself feel bad for whatever it is that you've done, but it is not what it means. Right. That is not what a true binge is. And, and, and that was sort of, I know that was an epiphany for my, for my one client who was yes. consistently talking about binging and that wasn't the case. Because binging you cannot stop. So at the same time, that same week, actually, I had another client who was having issues with getting up at night and eating a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, my God. Do my I husband t-? night eats. My husband does, too. Um, but this was a different situation. Like, my husband and probably yours need to night eat because they're very lean and they're, they can eat and it's fine. This was not that situation. So I thought, well, okay, I got two because I've had night eaters before. And in this situation, I said, well, can you stop? And that person said, yes. And I'm like, well, then you're not binging, right? You're, you're making a decision to get up at night and go fucking eat. Right. Stop that. And they were, they stopped the next night. I'm like, well, that's not disordered. Right. That's you making a choice. You stopped making that choice. You woke up, you were hungry. You're trying to go eat. Right. And tomorrow night you woke up. You're like, I'm a little hungry, but I'm going to go back to sleep. Right. The binging and disordered eating is you cannot control. You can't control it. You have to eat till you're sick, or you have to eat till you hit that high, and usually that high is at a point where you're sick. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, when I was competing, I, I very easily every time I came off a competition, I definitely got into. I was on the edge of some disordered eating to the point of, I mean, it was uncontrollable, like out of body experience, like yeah. eat, eat, eat. Anything I could find, I didn't care. I felt sick. I wanted to get sick. I can't. I'm not. I'm not a person who could, like. I don't throw up easily. So like purging it just wasn't an option. But boy, did I want to. Right. right. Like it was. But it's not just. 
it's not just the, oh, at Thanksgiving, I fucking stuffed myself like a goddamn turkey. Right. And I felt stuffed like everybody does And then you do a lay down on the couch. lay down and pass out. This is, we're talking about quite literally like an out of body. I yeah. can't control it. And mm-hmm. fuck, how did I just go through like, I went to the store. So like, right. yes. I remember a moment where I was like, I like, so I, you know, everybody, I joke about the pop tart mm-hmm. homicide, but I remember a day between competitions and I was like going to go tanning. I stopped at every gas station and picked up a pack of pop tarts on the way, like one of those individual. And I was, and I was just like, gorging myself and then I swung into another store and I got like more and like in just the little 10 minute trip down to the tanning salon and like back to my house I mean I probably gorged myself I stopped at like five places to get something different at every place and I was like gorging myself on whatever before I got home and it was just like and it was and there was nothing that was I mean it was nothing that was going to stop me and then I'm sure you had an episode of shame after that oh absolutely right which is absolutely a good indicator that Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not talking about like, ah, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that or whatever. Like, shame is a very deep, painful emotion, right? And when you want to hide things, regret and shame are different things, right? 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 Shame usually involves wanting to hide things, wanting, and then wanting to trigger more self damage, right? Mm-hmm. So. Right. Anyway, so, I mean, I think that's an important, that's the other time that training and nutrition not only is not the answer, but is not going to make it better. So if you're going through an episode of uncontrolled disordered eating and you have somebody just saying, well, then why didn't you eat the right calories? Well, why don't you eat less now and go work out more? Yeah. Somebody that's going to do belittle you because you didn't stick to your plan. Again, a coach that doesn't recognize these right. red flags and warning signs and, you know, why didn't you stick to your plan? Go do less. Right. Go do, I mean, go do more cardio and go do, um, you know, go eat less calories. And, right. you know, you're a fat ass right. and you're never going to be anything. And I, this sounds harsh, but I have had clients Absolutely. tell me about coaches who have Absolutely. said these things to them. And it's, um, so yeah, so this is when, you know, and again, and if you're doing it on your own and not working with a coach, right? Like going to cardio it off isn't going to fix the problem. Going to restrict calories isn't going to fix the problem. And that's a good point because the same client, when she wasn't binging and purging, she would get up at three in the morning and do cardio oh, to try to like burn off the binge. Right. Again, that's not normal behavior. Right. If you're getting up at 3 a.m. to do cardio because of you're out of control, that, like, all of this is bad. Now we're yeah. just piling on disordered acts. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had, you know, even on a, you know, on a smaller scale, if I have a client that was like, oh, I went off my macros and I had this, this family function and I ate more than I planned to. Should I just go do more cardio right. tomorrow? And my first, wor- my first response is absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not, because we're not going to put shame on that. Mm-hmm. It, you just overate a little bit. No right. biggie. Let's use it as a refeed. Go, you know, get in a good weight training session. No, yep. we're not going. We're not going to assign any shame, any guilt, anything like you can't negative to that. You just, you, it just is. It just, it, you know, wasn't. And again, we're not talking about a binge. We're just talking about like ate a few calories over than what right. I was supposed to. No, we're absolutely not going to assign something negative to it and say you have to now go fix the problem right. that you caused. Because that's how disordered eating starts. Exactly. Yep. Because I'll tell you what, that 
binging, true binging behavior, you're going to eat more car- calories than you could ever cardio off. Right. So that just sends you down a rabbit hole that you can't recuperate from. Right. So it's it's better to just focus on getting the mental health, getting the health, the help you need in order to change the behaviors. Right. And, and recognizing that you need more than, you need more than just somebody to give you calories and training. Right. Like it's, it's more than, um, even what something, you know, Brandy or I could do in many right. cases. Um, you know, it, it, it's just it, people who are, if you're not working with coaches, just recognizing that in yourself. So trying this diet and that diet and the other diet. And, you know, if you have undealt with fucked up shit in your head, right. And we all do. Right. And your undealt with fucked up shit is coming out and binge eating or, you know, yeah. starving yourself or right. you know, whatever your disordered eating is. Um, those are the things you have. You absolutely have to change your mindset before you start a diet, right? Like, it's just not, it's not the other way around. Right. Um, so, so those are just really important things to recognize in yourself. But again, it's like everything else we talk about, and we've said before, it's easier to say, to pick myself apart and say, I gotta lose the belly fat. I gotta lose 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. Then, because that's a thing I can fix, quote unquote, I can fix. But the real issue is is this negative loop in my head or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be and that's something much harder to fix. So I would rather just diet to lose the 10 pounds or go do a bunch of cardio or do the keto or do the this mm-hmm. or you know or restrict myself um or pick myself apart from my belly fat or the dimples on my thighs instead of actually addressing the thing that is making me feel so bad about right. myself cuz that that is not the problem. Right. And that's right. the hard work. That's the hard work that we talk about all the time. That is hard to fucking do. Right. Yeah. So I think that does it. So we covered like the medical stuff. We t- covered kind of like the mental emotional stuff. Disorder and that eating. is when, um, so basically, you know, when training and nutrition aren't the, it's just, it's just not the answer. And you got to recognize it in yourself or if you're working with a coach, hopefully it's a good coach and they can recognize yeah, they that can in you. you. Um, but yeah, yeah, totally. Is that right? Yeah. I think we cover everything. I think we're going to go to bed. Are we going to go to bed now? (laughs) Not in the same bed. We have two separate beds. We do. We do. All right, guys. Uh, hopefully this was a little short, quick episode for you. Again, don't get weird. Use your head. It'll all be okay. Goodbye. Bye.